Welcome, welcome. And thank you for tuning in to another episode <laughs> of the Back Row Lessons Podcast. Uh, we are just so glad you made it in time. Woo! My name is Paul Davis, and I am joined here by my co-host and former Duke of Milan, <laughs> Nolan Meschke. Howdy ho. I love I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a rainy week, but it's been good here. Mm-hmm. Last week, uh, just a quick update, always like to update everybody. We talked about just the the first half was uh henry the eighth third wife or mm. on his third wife i didn't want to spend every week on every wife but he is an idiot that keeps getting himself into these situations <laughs> so the first half was about uh, uh jane seymour uh pretty much everyone not trusting her her giving birth and then her dying oh yeah and that was the tale of jane seymour unfortunately <laughs> uh and then the second half we spent uh, on a war. Uh, first part was uh, the alliance between the French and then the Ottoman and mm. a collection of very weird hats, if you remember, the uh, weird <laughs> tiered hats. Oh, yeah, that cost like millions of dollars. Yeah, millions upon millions money. of dollars. Um, <laughs> and then we talked about the one of the French-German wars over a duke dying because he couldn't <laughs> impregnate a teenager. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, that was oh, yes. a, that that was was a very great moral Ugh. question. Uh, but now we're, we're here. We're on the verge of Henry reaching his fourth wife, which <laughs> is an achievement in and of itself, I think, still to this Ugh. modern day. Uh, I don't know anyone my age or older that has had four wives. <laughs> I don't know that. I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> I think we we have a lot in store for today. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be fun. Uh, before we get into this tales we this uh this week's tale, not this tales week, this tales week, but this week's tale of uh, even more insanity. I'll just put it like that. Uh, we want to say thank you to everyone who has left left us a review or uh, a rating on all the websites and it. Just just to plug us a little bit more, if you do leave a rating uh, and a review, we will read your name out and call you out uh, positively not negatively <laughs> it won't be a real call out it will be a shout out i think a shout out's better Woo. yeah shout outs call outs are there's negative connotations yeah <laughs> uh, those ratings they help us to grow uh, you don't really need to even to write too much you can say these guys told us to or you can say henry had a lot of wives <laughs> yeah. oh yeah uh, one last thing before we start uh the disclaimer We'd like to, we like to do it. Uh, this is a comedic history show. Everything is, is real, I swear. I spent <laughs> so much time this week translating things and just going down rabbit holes. It, I swear it's true. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's true. I hope it's true. I, I, all the time I spent this week, I hope it's mm. true. We're going to make jokes. I'm going to make jokes. Woo! I'm going to force Nolan to make jokes. Some pretty awkward, dry humor jokes, but we oh, hope yeah. you love it. Oh, mm. yeah. oh yes. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe a couple dick jokes. <laughs> Just a couple. Uh, but uh, it's not going to be in a, a monotone way. I'm going to try and present it lively because it needs to be presented lively. Uh, there's no script, only a bunch of notes. There's a lot of notes. Uh, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be immature. It's going to be crude. If that does not sound, you know, appetizing, you know, you see it on the menu and you're like, you know, I'd rather have the jalapeno poppers. <laughs> 
we don't mind it too much. We don't mind it. Uh, this is where we're going to go our separate ways. But mm-hmm. if you, you if you do read our description on the menu and you're like, I want to order that for the table. Mm. I want to sh- get a shareable, you know, get some good dip. <laughs> we can do that. And we're going to do that. We're going to dive right into some fun history. You ready, Nolan? Oh, yeah. Let's awesome. do this. Awesome. Woo. 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 Yeah. Amazing jingles. <laughs> I think we'll have a jingle soon. Oh, uh, yeah. So where we left off last week is uh, they organization close to the king in england mm. they had found him a bride or they 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 were looking for a bride for him at least okay yeah because before his first marriages at least his first Wait, is this three, henry we're talking about yes this is henry okay, the eighth still mm-hmm. yeah he is just like i said so insane and such such a comedic figure oh yeah just like the things he does and the things that people say he says i'm like this man is so oblivious he has to be a caricature. He reminds me of like a creep from like the 90 Day Fiance. That is a great, the, the I've like never really meme. watched the okay. show, but I'm thinking the, exactly the, the memes. Guy. Yeah. yeah. The Dude, one without the spunk. neck. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Imagine him combined with like Peter Griffin. And that's what I really got as like a rep- reputation of this guy. Without like the enjoyable laugh. Exactly. Without the chicken <laughs> fights. I actually know oh. there were chicken fights. If we remember oh, last yeah. year, there were cockfighting pits on the premise. So he is Peter Griffin mixed with that guy from 90 Day Fiance. Oh, God. Maybe that's what caused the inspiration. <laughs> Both of them are descendants of Henry VIII going back. So we have a couple big candidates for his bride. And the mm. top of it is uh, a woman by, if we remember, her name is Anne mm-hmm. of Cleves. Uh, not cloves or cleavers, cleaves. Wait, when you say candidates, this is the order of wives you had? This is the fourth one. The fourth one? Yeah. Oh, this is oh, his yeah. fourth one. I believe he has six Who in Who's number three again? Jane Seymour, the, oh, the one like that her. was around yeah. for like a year, gave birth, and then died. Oh, who was before that? Uh, that <laughs> Now that this is an actual test, yeah. uh, <laughs> that was Anne Bull. And okay, the, the Anne one, was the one that was like smart and like knew Yeah, the one crap. that was beheaded. Okay. There was a... And the one after that... Oh, the fun, one before again. that. Yeah, that was uh, Catherine. No, that, no, other way. I'm already forgetting. I, I don't even care about the first one. <laughs> the first one, yeah. No, Catherine. Uh, so it was Catherine, then Anne. Okay. Then Jane. Okay. Jane is the one. She gave birth to the son and then passed away oh, afterwards. Dang, she yeah. did her job. She, and it kind of sucks that, you know, back then a woman had to do her job by just giving birth. And that and was the queen's she, job for Yeah, one, and yeah. she just died. Like, yeah. Ah, she deserved a better life. She, she they did. all did. Let's they, be real. But they yeah. all did. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, I'm not sure if she... Suffered the most or mm-hmm. suffered the least, but oh, yeah, Anne, she's an interesting one. So, okay. and this is number four again, this is number four. Ooh, number so, four. this is Anne of Cleves or her her birth name. So, I mispronounce words, we're yeah. now into the German words. Get ready, <laughs> Anne von Eulich Clevesberg. She has three last names. <laughs> Say that a little more angry, uh, it would sound better. Anna von Eula Klebsenberg. <laughs> yeah, that sounds better. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, she, so that comes from the places her parents ruled, pretty okay. much. That's how she got her last name. Mm-hmm. So she was born in 1515, so pretty easy way to remember that. What yeah. year were you born? 1515. Uh, <laughs> again, with these weird birth dates, uh, I've seen it either listed as, I saw it quoted either on September 2nd, or earlier, closer to late June. What? Yeah. <laughs> Either it was the middle of the summer or the leaves were turning to autumn. Yeah, like, what the hell? <laughs> she was born in the middle of 
15, 15. Okay. It, and it, at least it's not the seven-year gap like Ann Bolin had, <laughs> which is still the weirdest thing. So she was the daughter okay. of uh, Johan Third, or, yeah, jo- Johan, I guess, the not third. Not Johan Sebastian Bach. Not Johan Sebastian Bach. Wait, what, what, distant wait when was that guy even born? Am I, like, way off? I think... Probably, probably. No, that's, that's got to be like more seven, recent. That's, like, 17, 1800s, I Ah, bet. okay. I'll be honest, for the... First, second, I imagine the Sebastian Bach, like, failed grimy rock star from, I think, Skid Row. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. The the more famous Sebastian yeah. Bach. Yep, that's <laughs> the one you're talking about. Uh, so he was the Duke, another Duke, of Euler's Cleve. So that's how she gets at least two of her last names. The Berg, mm-hmm. I feel like everyone in Germany, Berg. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, her brother, Wilhelm, okay. would be going on to become the successor so he would also be Duke. Okay. So Johann, or in the non-angry German, John III, mm. <laughs> the Duke of Cleves. Okay. Also the Count of Mark, or known as John the Peaceful. <laughs> so previous names we've had have been the Great, the Terrible, the Portuguese Mars. This is the Peaceful. Yeah, the Peaceful. I, I, like I just that. laugh. He's, I just like, I don't know. I've been disappointed. Like, is he really peaceful? Well, I, I looked into it a little bit. Uh, he seems at least for the times, peaceful, because it wasn't, you read a different part of the Bible, I'm going to murder you and your entire yeah. family. So maybe that's how he, <laughs> he got the name, The Peaceful. He gained this nickname of The Peaceful. Uh, it wasn't like a rap name where he got it on the street. Mm. Uh, he got this nickname in part for him constantly seeking for a compromise or a balance between Lutheranism and Catholicism that was already ingrained in everywhere. Okay. So instead of... You have a different idea. Let's burn down everything you own. He was like, how about we just, let's find a compromise, guys. (laughs) Let's just find a, let's find a a bargaining point right here. (laughs) So if you were, had a little bit of sense, you're an amazing politician in the 1500s. And you get the name, the peaceful. Um, And could also claim descendants from the 13th century English monarch, Edward I also known as Edward Longshanks. Yeah, that that, that was a Longshanks. weird... Longshanks. 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 Why do I feel like that's like a piece of meat you get from like a cow or... I heard... I yeah, I'll be honest. I, I thought either the piece of meat or the <laughs> utensil that you use to cut the piece of oh, meat. Like, <laughs> all right, yeah. go get the Longshank. I need to use that for the sausages. <laughs> Edward Longshanks is a terrible boxing name. <laughs> How do you even get the last name Longshanks? Is this where the term shank comes from? I hope so. I, I hope really so hope. too. Or I hope not. <laughs> Gonna end up in prison and yeah, just exactly. be the first person he, to stab he, someone. He's the first person in, <laughs> in prison to stab someone, and that's how he got the Longshanks. <laughs> so uh, Will Wilhelm or William, again in the non-angry German, uh, <laughs> he would go on to become the ruler of Cleves. He would be Duke. Uh, despite being an openly practicing Lutheran, uh, mm-hmm. his family, the family, the entire Ulick Clevesburg family—that's <laughs> a—that's a hell of a Christmas card right there, right there. The, yeah. Happy holidays from the Ulick Clevesenbergs. Um, <laughs> ah. The mother was a strict Catholic, okay. and the fan, but the father, like we said, peaceful kind of guy, kind of split the difference. But the the son, Will William, he was openly Lutheran. Uh, mm-hmm. When he would be, what did I mean back then? He, he sided with Luther, Martin Luther and was kind of against all the Catholic things okay. going on. We'll get into it a little. Okay, bit. Okay, cool. Um, nice. Yes. Uh, 
And when he became Duke, he uh, earned the nickname or attained the nickname of William the Rich. So not as peaceful as his father, just a little bit more wealthy. Nice. He's not going to be the only one we, we run into this episode nicknamed The Rich. We've got two <laughs> more guys named The Rich this episode. Great. So uh, A sequel that nobody wants. Exactly. The sequel, <laughs> and then the trilogy fills out. The, the trilogy was the good part. So her father, uh, John III, mm. uh, sided with the Schalmaldic League. Uh, and opposed Emperor Charles V, so Charlie from last week, yeah. uh, and the Schalmaldic Sch- Sch- League, uh, <laughs> as you can hear from my pronunciation, three years of German in high school right there, and that's about <laughs> it. The SCH League, I'll call it that, uh, it was an alliance, of, it was a defensive alliance of Protestant territories, so people supporting Lutheranism or just not really supporting Catholic. Okay, um, yeah. So they wanted to defend themselves against mm-hmm. the Holy Roman Emperor uh, because attempts to enforce this recent passage in the empire called the Diet of Augsburg, okay, uh, which gave the Protestant territories a deadline to turn Catholic again. It's like, if you don't... Wait, what? <laughs> this is how much like the Catholicism was into the government at this point the pope had this much power at the top is uh if you're not practicing catholicism openly in this providence we're coming after you so all these protestant territories come together and form the schmaldic league or however the fuck you pronounce it Mm. and john john Mm -hmm. the third john the peaceful took a side and sided with them against charles v this was a big thing um (laughs) And the first thing he was like, how about we come up with a better name for this? Cause no one can fucking pronounce this. Yeah. We need allies. <laughs> we need, we need, you know, name recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cleves here, I want to just give a little background on Cleves. You okay. know, it's, it's a small little town. It's, it seems nice from the pictures, uh, Cleves or in German Cleve, spelled a K. <laughs> they gotta, they gotta be, uh, you know, picky somehow <laughs> It's located in, Obviously, Germany. Uh, right, when I say right on the right on the Rhine River, which is you know another tongue twister, but mm-hmm. and right on the border with the Netherlands, I mean that literally, like what? hundreds of feet from the border with the Netherlands, and it's situated right on the river. Oh shit! It is a border town, the way like <laughs> San Diego and Tijuana are yeah, border towns. Yeah. This is how close this is to the Netherlands. Dang! It is on the tip of Germany. <laughs> I was like, whoa! Oh, where's the Netherlands? Oh, I need to zoom out on. No, I don't yeah. need to zoom out on Google. Just keep, keeping an eye on the country. So exactly. What's going on, yes. They're building a giant wall there too. <laughs> Can we make those jokes anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Was there ever like a wall being built? I don't know, but there was that GoFundMe scam of like a billion dollars or something <laughs> which was pretty great uh so its original name was clef <laughs> which shockingly most likely derives from the middle dutch word clef <laughs> or cliff meaning cliff whoa literally like the old dutch word the middle dutch word is cliff with one f and then it's the new word is cliff with two f's wow that's a that's a hard sell right there i don't know how if i can believe that one that's a drop load of information. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like a place named Water. Just like, all right, what's here? Water. Okay. This, so th- this place might welcome be in the running. Aqua Town. Yeah. Welcome Aquafina. to <laughs> Welcome to Land Town. <laughs> but so th- this place might be in the running for worst named places. Um, 
most likely named Cliff uh, because of the prominently kind of displayed and arranged uh, Schwanenberg Castle on a steep hill that overlooks the river, the Rhine mm. River. Uh, that translates to the Swan Castle. So if you ever seen to the Swan Castle, the Swan Princess, she's actually in Cleves, Germany right here. <laughs> um, this castle is pretty fucking old. It goes back. It's first mentioned in 1020 in the Monastery Annals. <laughs> I know <laughs> that was it's weird. annals or that whatever, <laughs> but it's uh, like <laughs> I said, immature and crude, like I said. So yeah, it translates to Swan Castle. This was uh, the primary residence for the Duke of Cleves and that family there, so they okay. probably occupied this. Okay, I'm going to read you a sentence which I don't even know what the fuck it's talking about, but I think it just needs to be said. Oh, so I can have you explain it afterwards? Yeah. Okay. okay. And you're going to understand why I won't be able to explain it afterwards. <laughs> okay. So, quote, it is located at the northern terminus of the Kermsdale where it joins with the Spoying Canal. The Spoy Canal. It sounds like just like... It I'm sounds like, like nonsense. Trip, and like some hick just gave me like directions to get to the next <laughs> gas station. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, thank you. And I'm just yeah. completely lying. It's like the I'm alliteration of Southern speak right there. Yeah. <laughs> if you just put like, it's located up on down off the terminus of the, of the Kermsdale. And then you get up the Spoy Canal and you're going to take a lift. <laughs> so yeah, I assume those are places. <laughs> but the Kermsdale and the Spoy Canal. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess... Uh, Fucking Dutch words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is another quote. I I just didn't get it, but it's weird, and I, I okay. feel like I need a statement. There is almost no reliable information about the local power relations in the area of Cleves in the Middle Ages. The few statements by some historians are also controversial. What statements made by local historians could be controversial about Middle Age power structure? Fuck. Outside of... Know aliens or like mythological beings yeah. i feel like <laughs> there has to be some dumb shit yeah. going on here it was controlled by the rock people the golems <laughs> rose up and took control of cleves in 1020 the golems the golems like lord of the rings now exactly it's all it, race. <laughs> this is how J.R.R. tolkien came up with these ideas yeah <laughs> yeah so what the hell uh so still to this day back to Anne. Anne. <laughs> is their most famous resident. Okay. So even 500 years later, no one more famous has come out here. Apart from like some local German politicians, Okay. no one really famous has ever come out of here. <laughs> it is Ever since? Ever since. Like now? Yeah, even now. Maybe there's someone there who's going to become more famous, but for right now, no one famous, like recognizable. I went through the famous people. I have to keep Google searching this town just to make sure. <laughs> just it's Yeah, if it's a real thing. artist, I'm uh, on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> just move there to become the, the most influential Cleveland artist. <laughs> uh, local businesses in the area of the town still are named after her. Mm -hmm. They're like, she's. this is what we're known for. We got we to gotta get that tourist money in. Uh so yeah, no one popular. She is the most famous resident here. Not a lot is known on her childhood. Too much. She, we don't even know her exact birthday. We have a you know four month gap. Okay. Uh, I did find a couple things here. She spoke only her native High Dutch, which is just like High Dutch. If I remember it correctly, so it's... So everybody has a speak in their head voice or yeah. something? <laughs> everyone is in a really high pitch. Like, hey, everybody! <laughs> no, it's like We're the... the people of Nick! <laughs> <laughs> We're the people of Amsterdam! <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's as it like evolves to like the language we know today, it's mm. the 
stage to it. So like low English or whatever is the oh, English like yes. really far away. Middle okay. English is it progressing. High English is whatever, and it's not a hundred percent there or whatever. I don't know. I'm terrible at learning languages, like language wise, mm. let alone the history and evolution of it. So I could be entirely wrong. But uh, she was also raised Catholic, uh, despite what a lot of people think and what happens on later in her life. That's what I saw listed. Despite what you think, she was Catholic, <laughs> damn it. Uh, she was reported to be talented in household management and needlework, but she did not learn any of the courtly skills. So, I don't know, flirting? So exactly, yeah. What is flirting and... Networking? I, yeah, networking, jousting, I don't know. Um... Also, she could not play any musical instruments or sing. But she wasn't allowed to, or she just couldn't. She could, she never learned to, I guess. Oh, okay. Either she couldn't or she didn't. But <laughs> that actually comes up later. <laughs> okay. Uh, the uh, English ambassador to the Low Countries, Thomas Wolserly, Wolser, Wolserly, fucking English last names, mm. mentioned that neither Anne or her sister were considered particularly attractive or learned. So, eh. She's all right. Yeah. <laughs> all around, she's all right. Not so not too bad. So why are they choosing this this girl from Germany for the, the king of England? Why is she going to become the queen of England? Uh, Henry, if we remember back, already had a son. Yeah. Edward. Uh, why would he need another wife or a marriage? Insurance policy? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> you're not too far off. Woo! So... <laughs> During this time, infant mortality rates were really fucking high. Yeah. So that means they're dying, right? Yeah, okay. you, you didn't have a good chance of surviving mm. uh, infancy. Uh, so having only Edward as a hare hmm. was a risky gamble Okay. to keep the line going on. So okay. I kept seeing it phrased like this. It's good to have a hare and a spare. Well, you found that online? On multiple sources, it was phrased as, it's, it's good to have a hair and a spare. Oh, dang. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, it's <laughs> good to have a hair and a spare. It's good to have a good child and then just a backup. Yeah, <laughs> in case one thing happens to that first one, you know, like my brother died before me, it's yeah. good to have a second one. Yeah, so, and it was like, good to have a hair and a spare just in case you need it. So, yeah. the way you have extra batteries or a flashlight... <laughs> Children. Spare tire, too, yeah. Yeah, spare tire? <laughs> That's a child. Uh, a marriage with the right royal lady mm -hmm. could discourage a major power in Europe from invading England. So, okay. like we were talking about France and Germany. Uh, if you marry someone who's related to one of those kings, they probably won't want to invade their relative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, I've... Even if I'm ever mad at my cousins, I don't ever want to invade and destroy their <laughs> lands. Uh, sometimes, no. Uh, Henry, uh, this is one other quote I found. Henry himself was far more demanding in the matter of wives than most. He had known his first three wives before marrying them and had consciously chosen them. That's a mm. very good way of phrasing cheated on his yeah. previous wife <laughs> with his current. This Piece was shit. Yeah, <laughs> he had a pattern. This was very different from most royal marriages of this time, where it was very unlikely for the couple to have ever met before the wedding date. He wanted a wife whom he could love. Oh, God. Sure. Piece of shit. <laughs> Piece of shit. Fourth marriage. Fourth marriage. He just wants someone I can love. What happened to the first three? Yeah. Oh, they're all dead. All three mm -hmm. of them. 
Cleves, so this town or this little area, this duchy or whatever, it's kind of a diplomatic anomaly okay. in the whole world of Germany and the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, even though it was in the north of Germany, Cleves was kind of a buffer zone between the Holy Roman Emperor and France. Okay. So if war ever gave out, they would be the buffer zone. Okay. Kind of like how in World War One, Belgium was quote unquote the buffer zone and uh, both armies committed mass atrocities there. Oh shit. Yeah. A couple of uh, Dan Carlin hardcore histories on that. Dang. Uh, My to-do list. <laughs> They're to like listen, four hours long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that length one day. <laughs> Just sitting here for four hours. Uh, and also Anne's family. So even though she was Catholic and mm -hmm. they were Catholic people in the community, yeah. if we remember her father joined the Schmaldic or Schaldic or whatever the fuck league, the Skoll League, it's sponsored by the tobacco company. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets dip in that. <laughs> dip, yeah. Uh, so he joined that Protestant league and then her brother was a Lutheran. So both the sides, the, both the prominent sides, the Catholic and the Protestants, were existing there somewhat peacefully mm. so it's kind of a different place where like okay either way it goes we're gonna come out on top here okay uh so that's one other reason why but the the most convincing reason to uh henry why he should marry this woman Anne, mm. was our good friend thomas cromwell Oh yeah, he's been in here a couple times. His his day is coming soon. Didn't he have a, like a name or title or something? He like didn't that? have a title, but he was the guy who made he convinced people to kill Anne. Ah, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna get his due sometime. Do we like him or no? Do we, we don't, don't like him. Like him. Okay. No, he was kind of an asshole, and you'll start to see why. So he was the primary supporter for her to be the bride. Okay, uh, he seeing how unique Cleves is, uh, Cromwell sensed that an alliance between England and the duchy could kind of bring them into that Protestant League thing mm -hmm. there, and then they could kind of then roll up and take on Catholic, like Catholic kingdoms and stuff like that, because he was a Protestant himself. Okay. So he's like, they're on my side there. Nice. <laughs> uh, he also had one of the most famous painters in the lands at the time uh, dispatched to Germany to paint some portraits of Anne and uh, her sister to convince Henry... To have her, <laughs> to have her as his wife. So that's like sending like pictures of yourself back then. Yes, this is like a blind date. This is the beginning of the blind date. What does she look like? Well, she's pretty fucking hot. <laughs> he just gets. He looks at the painting. He's like, nice. I'm down with this. Oh yeah, like, actually, and, this is what. It starts and then like he comes back. He's like, this is not at all what I was expecting. And everybody's like, it's pretty damn close. Maybe you're just a little too picky. Now you're finding flaws or. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay, cool. <laughs> so there, there was two other candidates. The three primary candidates were Anne. Uh, mm -hmm. The other two was Christina of Milan. Mm. She was 16. Oh. He's in his 40s. Mm. Yep, no. Ugh. And Gross. Maria de Gauss, or Guess, 22. She, I believe she was from Scotland. She actually rejected him. So Really? She was like, no, thank her. you. Uh, I don't want that. So Chicks from Scotland are hard to get, I guess. She's a Scottish laddie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's January 12th, 1539. Mm -hmm. uh, Francis of France, our good buddy there with the dumb name, and Charles V, the Holy Roman Emperor, they signed the Treaty of Toledo, Ohio. No. <laughs> okay. It would be great if it was Ohio. But <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> no, it's the Treaty of Toledo, I assume, Spain. Uh, 
And this was uh, agreeing that neither of them were going to make alliances with England. Mm-hmm. I hate England. You hate England. I know we hate each other, but we hate him more. Let's just not make alliances with him. Deal. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Everybody wins. And then Henry's in the background with his hands up like, what the fuck, guys? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so March uh, 1539, so pretty much the time it takes for it to reach from Toledo to England. Uh, Henry then agrees uh, negotiations between England and Cleves, the Duchy of Cleves, uh, could begin for a bride, either Anne or the sister Emily, or Amelia, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Amelia. Uh, he's like, whatever one's hotter, I'll take. Uh, <laughs> what one's uh, more more queenly, I guess? <laughs> and uh, this is just one thing I wanted to point out. It, it was a weird thing I found. It's not related. Well, it's kind of related, but uh, February 9th, 1539, mm-hmm. the first racehorse, not racehorse, the first horse race is held at the Chester Racecourse in England, the oldest continuously used racetrack in the world. Really? So how long? Since 1539. Shit. So they're coming up on almost 500 years of use at this place in like a decade or two. Oh my gosh. That's Not related s- to our story at all, but fucking insane that nonetheless. Just a deep history that's just people losing money exactly (laughs) henry the eighth and just crying he's like i thought it was gonna come out on top the trainer said he's a mutter his mother was a mutter his father was a mutter fucking mutter is that a real term (laughs) that's a seinfeld reference the i think it's uh kramer's at the he's on the subway and two guys are talking about it's like it's a rainy day he's like He's a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. Because they were like running through the mud. So yeah. The fucking racehorse is there. But yeah, so now I'm only going to think about the royal king. Like, <laughs> can I liquidate the royal jewels for this race coming yeah. up on Sunday? Uh, so uh, early 1539, around that same time, mm-hmm. Anne's father, John. John the Peaceful dies. and What? Chaos erupts. He held the peace. and No. Uh, so her brother william 22 okay. at the time 22 mm-hmm. uh takes he, over he takes over okay. not only the duchy of cleves but also is in charge of arranging his sister's wedding and oh, marriage god. oh god i just like to you, you have a sister <laughs> imagine at 22 yeah you had to arrange your sister's wedding yeah how much fun would that be for me fun they would hate me <laughs> yeah it's, everyone you know, it's every girl's like dream to think of their wedding day i'll probably ruin it um what would i do yeah like camp nickelodeon or whatever it's called oh yeah at the mall yep that you would could be do great. that um they would hate that and i would probably find a guy that's somewhat benefit me if i was yeah. truly an asshole not saying yeah. i would actually do this but yeah he's a cool dude i think you'll get <laughs> along with him and then you just hang out with him the whole time yeah <laughs> So yeah, so Duke William, uh, he, people before were a little bit hesitant because he was looking at those sides of it, but William mm-hmm. being a Lutheran, a Protestant, he was eager to make the wedding happen and make this match happen. He's like, I need to make some fucking connections. <laughs> Give me that. Yeah. <laughs> Let me sell my sister real quick. <laughs> Either one. You can take the better of one. You can take both. I don't care. <laughs> we need allies. Uh, yeah, because it says he was happy to make a ha- make a match happen between either of his sisters to become Queen of England. Make it happen. So he's Let's- just training off his sister for better, more yeah, allies. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, that, that's probably like a normal thing back then too. Yeah, it's a- <laughs> so far. I feel like we've run into this a couple times. <laughs> uh, Cromwell mm-hmm. uh, reportedly 
told uh, he was reportedly told that Anne was already on track to overtake their other sister, who was already married. Syllable s s y b i l l e. Wait, what? That's her name. Syllable. I don't know. Me neither. Syllable. Syllable. <laughs> You're the smarter one. I'm going to let you make that a mistake. Cy Billy. Cy Bill. Cy <laughs> Bill. Uh, so they're old. she was already on track to overtake her older sister in beauty and personality. <laughs> so they're oh, ranking damn. them on, in personality, too. You know, she made a couple good cracks at that movie on Friday night. <laughs> plus two in the personality corner right there. Uh, and then this was a quote he had sent to Henry. About his sister? About, about Anne. Okay. <laughs> his sister. Wait, who are we talking about? This again? is Thomas Cromwell. Oh, he's yeah. the spy master at this point. He's just has his hands and everything. So who's the brother again? The brother is the Duke of Cleves. Ah. Uh, William, Duke of Cleves, okay. is trying to sell off either his sister Amelia or Anne to be okay. Queen of England. And the king's man on the job. Is Thomas Cromwell here? Okay, he's he's negotiating a marriage oh, for okay. a, for a different guy. Yeah, <laughs> which is a really weird thing to think about, yeah. but I guess that's how it is. So, and this is Thomas Cromwell's quote to the King Henry mm-hmm. about Anne's beauty. Okay, okay, quote: Every man praiseth the beauty of the same lady as well for the face as for the whole body. She excelleth as far the Duchess of Milan as the golden sun excellenteth the silver moon. The fuck is that? She's got a, cute, a pretty hot face, and you know that other chick you really wanted to marry? She's pretty hot. All yeah. right, she's hotter than that other lady. <laughs> okay. I, every man praiseth the beauty of the same lady. Every man praiseth. Mm-hmm. Next time you flirt with a lady, <laughs> phrase it as, I praiseth. The beauty of the same lady as you, or yeah, something. Yeah, I prayed at that ass. You I prayed at that ass. <laughs> uh, so fast forward a couple months. August 1539. Negotiations are going back and forth. They take all the measurements of Amelia and and all right. Let's check that bosom. All right, twenty three point nine. Very nice. Mm. <laughs> Ranking them titties. <laughs> uh, uh, so at this point in August, that painter that I was talking about, he is sent. Henry's court painter, Hans Holbein the Younger. He is sent to Germany to paint the sisters. Okay. So Hans, Hans Holbein, he's kind of famous and pretty damn good painter. So uh, Hans, or Holbein, he was born in the German Swabian city of Austria, or not Austria, Augsburg. Mm. So that's kind of southern central kind of more eastern germany okay augsburg here i think uh, i can see that in my head yeah we have a college a here bit. named augsburg so <laughs> that's what i kind of thought uh so augsburg it's kind of a unique city i know cleves is a unique city this is also a unique city and okay. it's unique for a different reason the way everyone's unique but in their own special way okay this so? is a unique city so it was a free imperial city in the holy roman empire Dang, so, so that was unique at the time. That was unique. It's a self-ruling city, so uh, it had kind of... So they're of, doing their own thing. Yeah, they had uh, a select amount of on, like autonomy, so they could do their... They were big enough that they could do things themselves, mm-hmm. uh, and then they also had representation in the imperial diet, so like 
their kind of Congress. It's not really the same thing as a Congress, but the way big states or big provinces would have a representative to be like, all right, this is what the empire is doing, right? They had their own for the city. That's how important they were. Um, uh, An imperial city was only subservient to the Holy Roman Emperor, only them, Uh, as opposed to a normal territorial town being subsorted, like ruling to a prince pretty much. Mm. So none of that local bullshit, no duchies or anything. The only person we answer to is the emperor. So this is like the sovereign, you know, those sovereign citizens you see online, like, I don't need to respond (laughs) to you. Rolling out their window to the police. This is the city equivalent of it in the 1500s. We only, I only uh, follow the rules of the emperor. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Around the turn of the 17th century, so 1600 there. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years after we're talking, there was approximately four thousand towns and cities in the homely roman emperor or holy not in the emperor in the empire mm. although about nine tenths of them had less than a thousand people so there's a shit ton of cities but a lot of small towns uh fewer than 200 of these towns ever enjoyed the status of free imperial city oh. so it's just really populated towns so okay. it wasn't a small town you actually had to be doing something and matter to get mm. this status uh and Augsburg is one of them. Okay. Uh, it's located, and there's a couple of reasons why. We're just going to go through Augsburg. This is a welcome to the German City Review podcast with Paul and Nolan. <laughs> uh, earlier we were talking about Cleves. Now we're on to so Augsburg. So much fun. Oh, so God, let's do this. The whole time in a German accent, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Augsburg, it's located for trade routes from Germany to Italy. Mm. Uh, it was a major trading center, and that's why it became this imperial city. It's kind of... Things are going up. Things are going across at this point. There's see what you're saying. There's waterways. There's a lot of shit here. No mountains. A lot of chocolate. <laughs> uh, everything's happening here. Okay. Uh, and there's a uh, reason. There's a reason. There there were two big prominent families in Augsburg at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them I'm going to talk about here because. I, I had no idea who this guy was, who this family was, before I started researching this. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Augsburg's most famous, most rich, most influential family, the Fugger. <laughs> <laughs> the Fuggers? The Fuggers. How do you spell it? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, God. So, the Fuggers. So, the translation spelling, the, the normal spelling you're going to see yeah. is F-U-G-G-E-R. That's the Fugger. <laughs> so... They are a banking, uh, industrial, metal, anything you can think of at oh, this time that was they happening. Are so ahead of their time. Uh, Fugger is one way to spell it, but I'm gonna, and this is a hundred percent no joke. Okay. I went to the family's website. I was reading documents that they found that they got from tax records from the 1400s. Really? This is real stuff. So no way. Their last name was originally spelt. F-U-C-K-E-R. Ah, uh, I thought you were going to throw two Ks in there. But no, that's it's literally fucker. spelled fucker. No <laughs> joke. It is spelled fucker. So the first recorded reference to this family comes when uh, Johann Fugger's son, also named Johann, <laughs> Johann Fucker, moved to Augsburg in 1367. So 1300. Do you know if 
if the word fuck comes from this in any way, shape, or form. Well, I know that there's a town in Austria that's mm-hmm. called fucking. <laughs> like the way it's spelled? Yes. And they had to, there was like city meetings about, should we rename the town because people kept stealing the sign? Uh, <laughs> or defacing it. <laughs> totally. Or, yes. So I feel like it's an anomaly word where like, it, I don't know if it derived from here. I know there's shows and things about the word fuck, but <laughs> I was having too much and I was just too en- engrossed in the fucker family here. Uh, so 1367, fucker comes to town because the local tax registry notes fucker adavente, which translates to fucker has arrived. <laughs> the fucker has arrived. And that's when the spelling changes. So I feel like it's... <laughs> It got to a point where everyone's just making fun of me. We got to do something yeah. about this. <laughs> so it's for so many purposes, and at least the modern spelling, it's F-U-G-G-E-R, okay. which I got to be honest, makes it even more funnier. Because yeah. You're saying fugger, not fucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely if uh, iTunes will let us, the episode's definitely going to be named a fugger comes to town. Uh, so I, I want to talk about this because I enjoy economic history. I like the industrial giants. I like the systems the bubbles whatever okay uh people hate him and he's a controversial figure but john d rockefeller mm-hmm. uh very 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 powerful and oh, rich yeah. uh american oil magnet mm-hmm. uh throughout my entire life i was taught he was the richest man in history second only to an african king a royalty i think i know what you're talking yeah, about mansa musa the first mm-hmm. uh the emperor kind of ruler of mali who spent so much gold on a pilgrimage to Mecca that he caused massive inflation. <laughs> yes. I was taught throughout the whole time that those were like the richest guys in history. Yeah. A guy in this bugger family yeah. is arguably richer than them. Really? In comparison it, like how yes, yes. you, you and compare something being rich I was researching then. this because I was like, that's a bold claim because I had read, read a lot on okay. John D. Rockefeller, the Carnegies, these uh, robber barons. I love that kind of stuff. It's like kind of my second favorite Area. So with your prior knowledge, you kind of like... I was like, what the like, fuck? I was like, how have I never heard him ever compared, yeah. like even a comparison or whatever? So mm-hmm. um, due to his shrewd business sense and good economic conditions, Hans Fugger was able to rise within the Weaver's Guild. <laughs> this Fugger comes into this guild and thinks he owns the place. <laughs> Uh, so, taking people's weaves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this fucker took my fucking weave. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest as well. This entire week, I haven't said fuck once because I've always been saying, oh, fucker. <laughs> Hans, say, oh, fucker oh, from oh, now yeah. on. <laughs> from now, I'm never going to swear again. Uh, Hans' eldest son, Andreas Fugger, was a merchant in the weaving trade and was nicknamed, no joke, Fugger the Rich. <laughs> fugger the Rich. <laughs> Fucker the rich. Uh, like I said, <laughs> there's so many bad jokes. That there's so, that. dude, I had to write, like, I can't make that one. I can't make this one. I can't make that one. Uh, like I said, this is our second of three guys named the rich. So this is Fucker the Rich one. <laughs> the most famous by far member of this family was, so it was a guy by the name of Jacob Fugger. Okay. Uh, he was born 1459. He would also be known as the rich. He would be go- known as Jacob the Rich. Shit. Uh, I have a picture of him. Would you like to see yep. this picture? Someone's just coming around to look at the picture. He's a very stoic German-looking man. Nothing too special. Like, you look at this. 
he doesn't have a lot on him. No. Nothing would say this man is about to fundamentally destroy everything in the fucking world. Oh, shit. He looks like such an average Joe back he, in the day. Yeah, he, he's very just, what up? You know, he, <laughs> he definitely looks kind of electrician-y. Yeah. He definitely would show up and <laughs> fix it. So a, basic. A, yeah. Maybe he's just, like, comfortable. Like, is that a robe he's wearing? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's just hanging out. Well, <laughs> maybe he's uh, doing the Warren Buffett, th Buffett thing where, like, he lives a very average life. And he's like, that's how I became so rich because I drive a 90s Toyota. Yeah, he, like, bought his parents' house. I yeah, something. and he lives he's, in Omaha. And he still, like, yeah. pays, like, exact change. Yeah, he, and, like, he goes to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, he goes to McDonald's and he lives in Omaha. Fuck. That's hilarious. That's the smartest thing. Uh, so, Jacob uh, the Rich, he... So much to start. Just okay. So, in history, Nolan, mm. and listeners, uh, <laughs> got a shout, shout out to the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't shouted you guys out in a while. Shout out, uh, history and historians, people that like and are nerds for history. They're trying mm -hmm. to move away from this old kind of viewing and interpretation of history called the mm -hmm. Great Man Theory, where it's these strong powerful men that come on the scene and change everything and it's not these other factors it's one guy's come out of nowhere changed the tides of everything and you know yada 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 that's yada, yada. yeah yada yada <laughs> then it's the next big change you know life-changing normally white dude who comes on the scene and changes things mm. they're trying to move away from that and it's for good reason there's a lot of things going on okay however i hold a list of just like a couple guys who still stumbled their ways into fucking up the entire world <laughs> there's a couple of them napoleon is one of them yeah uh, you can pretty much trace everything that he did to every conflict pretty much hitler is a good one hitler and mussolini they're mm -hmm. they're good too this jacob fugger guy yeah definitely shot himself to the top of the list holy shit wait until you just see all the terrible hands he has his or his hands in these pots so <laughs> Uh, born 1459, he's rising up. He's 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 growing. Uh, in May 1511, so we're going a little bit back in our normal story, but this mm -hmm. is just too important to. It adds con context to everything. Mm -hmm. So May 1511, he's made a noble in the Holy Roman Emperor Empire. He he's a noble now. He has titles and shit. Uh, he then was appointed to the Imperial Count, which is just like a, another level up. You, you get a promotion. Here's another badge and stuff like that mm -hmm. uh, in, 14, in 1514, so three years later. And then in 1519, so this is the year that Charles V is going to be elected. There's an election in the Imperial Diet of, or I'm not sure if it's the Diet, but the fucking electorate of the Holy Roman Empire to mm -hmm. elect their new emperor. When the emperor would die, Holy shit. they would elect a new one from within the within the council, within okay. the empire, yep. uh, to be the new emperor. So, uh, Fugger here, he leads an assortment, or you know, basically an alliance of German and Italian businessmen uh, that loaned Charles V, mm -hmm. so our eight hundred and fifty thousand florins, which is like a currency of the time. Yep. Which is equal to about two thousand nine hundred and seventy-four kilograms of gold. Holy shit! Uh, to ensure Charles' election as the Holy Roman Emperor. <laughs> so, <laughs> ensure is a very well, he, oh, he becomes God. emperor. Ensure is a very nice way of phrasing 
to dole out bribes. Okay. So this is all paying bribes to electors. Okay. Because he wanted to, uh, his father, Charles's father, was the previous Holy o- mm-hmm. Roman Emperor. He wanted to continue that line in it. It's a very profitable uh, position to be in, very powerful. And <laughs> the main rival for the, the throne of the Holy Roman Emperor, Francis. Francis is back in the picture. <laughs> so uh, I, I did a little bit of quick math here. Okay. Um, so one kilogram of gold currently costs just about $55,900. Pretty expensive. Yeah. So 2974 times $55,900 or 900 equals roughly about $166,246,600. Shit. On bribes. Oh, God. <laughs> Imagine all of the bribes that didn't work, how much they paid. <laughs> yeah. I introduced him, what, five minutes ago? And he's already whipped up almost $200 million of briberies. <laughs> this is the start. This is the start. This is a quote I found. His relationships with these big, uh, powerful people is amazing, to be honest. Quote, due to his relationships with the Habsburgs, Jacob Fuller, Fu- Fuller, not Fuller, I need to give him his credit, Jacob Fugger, <laughs> uh, the, Jacob Fugger the Rich, that's, okay. a, that's a rap name right there, Jacob Fugger <laughs> the Rich, bitch, uh, Jacob Fugger the Rich's enterprises in precious metals, goods, and, finan- and financing made him go down in history as the most successful financier of his day. I took that from the Fugger's website, the Fugger family's website. Really? Dude, all the royal, like the families that had power in Europe at some point, yeah. they all have social media accounts. They're still webs. around? They're, well, I mean, the families don't go away. Yeah. They, they're just born, but they don't have power or okay. titles. So you can find like the family that used to like control Italy. Shit. You can find their Twitter account and they have like 800 followers. Cool. I would hope and like if they kind of have that access or i don't know access but like they would like keep record i don't know that would be neat so the fugger family actually is since then they like since this guy they actually have semi semi charitable uh bones in their bodies i I guess you could say yeah there's a a big funded like housing living project that this guy funded in augsburg that still goes on to this day that is that is like in the foundation the fugger the fugger foundation And of all the, uh, dude, every, every (laughs) time foundation that was from his family. So banking clients of the fugger, the fuggers, uh, included Henry, the seventh and eighth of England. They Mm -hmm. both were with him, Charles, the fifth and Charles's father, Maximilian, the first, which is top five most badass emperor names. <laughs> Maximilian the first, that's badass. Yeah. Uh at one point, nor like we were saying, the that town only followed the emperor. And like no one in the empire could question the emperor. Okay. You've seen Star Wars. If you question the emperor, he's gonna cut you down with yeah. a lightsaber. <laughs> this is how much power Jacob Fugger had. Okay. At one point he directly asks Charles the Fifth mm-hmm. to personally pay off the entirety of fugger's debts immediately jesus charles did it what <laughs> he just paid off his debts he was nice. like all right i get it this guy has so much power over the emperor that he can pay off his debts <laughs> which is just bonkers that someone yeah. could hold that much power i had never heard about this guy yeah. ever um so there's a reason why he has the name 
the rich. Okay. He, he didn't just like get a big gold nugget. He's like, guys, look at it. And yeah. they're like, he's so, he's so rich. Or made a crown for himself. Yeah. <laughs> then they well, never wore. He's just so full of personality that they're like, he's rich. He's a okay. rich guy. No. Uh, he <laughs> assembled and converted an empire of uh, economics, pretty much, uh, that in modern term value, they estimate his worth to be about $400 billion. $400 billion. Even a f- inflated, I think the Rockefellers are in the mid 300s, which is still fucking amazing. But shit. Like I said, never heard of this guy before before I started researching yeah, this. Exactly. Uh, I found a couple books on him and I was re- trying to read from them, but I was like, who, who what, what? Yeah. Uh, so this makes him one of the three richest people in all of human history. Human history. Okay. Human history. So all of the emperors, all the kings, the only one that might be richer than him is Mansa Musa, the. Uh, king of or emperor of Mali. Okay. Uh, so he, he's a little bit wealthy. Uh, Jacob got some Fug- extra cash. That'd yeah. Be nice. Yeah. Just, he he goes to the strip club a lot. <laughs> Jacob Fugger's assets have been valued. The comparison I saw was at its biggest, Apple and I think one other company combined mm-hmm. accounted for 0.5 percent of America's GDP mm-hmm. at one point. Jacob Fugger's assets have been valued at almost 2% of the entire European continent's gross domestic product at that time. So of everything that's happening in Europe, all the economic transactions, he represents 2% of it. One guy out of the millions upon millions of people in Europe. One dude. That is ridiculous. (laughs) Even the smallest countries, one person or one company doesn't even represent 2%. Like a Pacific Island, like the the airport maybe represents 2% and that's it. But (laughs) one person represents a continent's 2%. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, and this was a quote I found. It's kind of right, kind of a little bit, not really. Mm -hmm. Um, Jacob Fugger, Jacob, every time, Jacob Fugger did not invent anything or discover anything. Okay. Which is kind of true. I'll get into it in a minute or two. Okay. Um, yeah, actually, I get into it right away. I lie. <laughs> I get into it right away. <laughs> okay, let's do I, it. I rearranged my notes before you came over, and I was like, oh, let me make sure to put that right there. So <laughs> the thing he kind of did invent was uh, he made a network of information couriers, mm-hmm. people who would report on what was happening in their area, yeah. economic-wise, trade, what's getting sold for what and then he would assemble them in augsburg and print it and then distribute it to people Mm. he pretty much just created a newspaper oh nice yeah so he creates a primitive newspaper kind of a news organization where Mm -hmm. he's collecting information congregating it and then dispersing it kind of a news store kind of a news like not the newspaper you would think and they don't really like newspapers had been kind of popping up at this time as the printing press is starting to go around a mm-hmm. little bit more. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> he is like uh, the guy who controls Fox News <laughs> <laughs> of his age, pretty much. Uh, he once, this was badass. So he once joined a cartel of copper producers. So like we said, he was into precious metals. Mm. Uh, and this was in Venice, based in Venice. They agreed to cooperate together and push up the price of copper by reducing their supply so they were working together to squeeze the market super illegal nowadays you yeah. do that you get 
hopefully fucked hard, <laughs> fucked hard. Uh, Fugger instead flipped on the other members of the cartel uh, and his rivals, and he put pressure on them by flooding the market with copper. So as they were trying to drive up prices by keeping the supply down, when he saw that it was high prices, he flooded the market. What? Yes. That's so insane. He, he's a smart cookie. Yeah. He's a smart cookie. So as they didn't have their supplies on the market, prices collapsed, and they couldn't get their copper on the market quick enough, so they were going out of business, so he bought up all of them. <laughs> but this was, only mar this was only move one. Okay. So he weakened his competition. He took over a lot of it. He then used that to help finance a Portuguese plot to relocate the pepper and spice trade to Lisbon. What? So you could do that back then? So like we were mentioning in, I think, episode two and three with the Portuguese, uh, when they were going to India and stuff like that and bringing back the spices, he was one of the financiers of that I did not know at that time that mm. he was one of the financiers. And this was to take it away from Venice, where he was just fucking... He, this guy has a personal vendetta against Venice, it seems like. First, he's fucking those cartel guys and the copper shit. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck you and your spice trades. I'm taking yeah. that shit away with me. Uh, <laughs> so this is the stuff we were kind of talking about. Fugger, he was a primary investor in... The seventh, we didn't talk about the seventh armada. We talked about, I believe, the fifth armada, but the seventh Portuguese Indian armada of 1505. Mm -hmm. So this was before he even was getting into the royal politics shit. Yeah. <laughs> he was already destroying countries himself. <laughs> uh, this was led by a Don Francisco de Alamedia, who was a rival of the crazy Albuquerque guy. Mm. Uh, this was an... Armada. Uh, I know you yeah. have good mm. memories of Armada. Uh, our old, cars, yeah, our old friend scores. group would just call ourselves the Armada because we all were pieces of trash and would drive everywhere together. Car surfing, yeah, car, we'd be a fleet of cars, so we call ourselves the Those Armada. The days. <laughs> so much less responsibility and stress. Mm -hmm. uh, but this Armada had not a bunch of teenage scumbags and cars. It had twenty-one ships carrying uh, fifteen hundred armed men. And a thousand and other crew and people like that uh, just hang out on the boat. We're going to India. <laughs> so the thing he funded was their main mission was to permanently secure the Portuguese position in the Indian Ocean, which is paraphrasing, go kill everyone and anything and make sure we control this. <laughs> uh, uh, do, doing, quote, whatever was necessary to knock out the main regional threats. <laughs> Um, also get a fuck ton of spices, just pick up them spices and bring it back. We need to make fucking money here. Uh, get them to Europe. Uh, this armada, huge success, huge success. Uh, this is in part what kind of helped, uh, fugger here, uh, multiply his money. Uh, they assembled three new forts. Woo! Three. Yeah. Uh, the potential threats of Kilwa and Mombasa were knocked out. Yeah. Take that, Mombasa. <laughs> uh, and the fleets returned back with a shit ton of spices. And they were like, that's a registered shit ton. There we go. It's on the docket. <laughs> uh, now we get into, so he's destroyed Venice. He's paid hundreds of millions of dollars in bribes. Okay. Uh, he's destroyed copper companies. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to uh, fuck up. Religion and the Vatican. What? So, no. This is where it gets even crazier oh, of God. what he does. This is where I okay, said the he changes. Thing I found pretty cool. 
The copper thing was interesting. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that he exactly. doubled down on the cartel and mm -hmm. made a whole bunch of money. That's an actual shrewd, amazing <laughs> business move. This is absolutely insane. He had a very good relationship with the Vatican and mm -hmm. the popes. Uh, he became the lead transfer agent for indulgences that were sold by the, the Pope. So the indulgences, which are, if you pay a little bit of money to the church, you get out of purgatory into heaven a little <laughs> bit quicker. The deal was time off in purgatory, like I said, in return for a charitable contribution of cash. You had to, couldn't be a loan or anything. It had to be hard cash okay. because they were trying to rebuild St. Peter's Basilica and improve it. They were paying all these fantastic artists. Uh, Fugger received a percentage off the top of all the indulgences that he brought in. What? He, he was just skimming it like a fucking mafia don. <laughs> just taking a bit, like a protection racket. Oh my God. So he had a personal relationship, Fugger. The mm -hmm. Fugger had a personal relationship with multiple popes, uh, including Pope Leo X, Pope Leo X. <laughs> 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 every i know it's leo 10 and stuff like that but every time i see it i think malcolm x oh malcolm 10 yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's related to ben 10 mm -hmm. they're all in the same family so uh leo 10 uh who is one of the most notorious and highly disliked most corrupt popes all of history okay. all of all of history you're gonna explain why yes Ooh. he was also a member of the medici family so <laughs> The, the Medici family, we kind of talked about them. Just a brief, they're the really powerful Italian banking family. Mm -hmm. I actually saw the Fuggers compared to the Medici, but way more powerful than mm -hmm. them. But they controlled Italian politics okay. and the papacy. They had multiple members of their family become popes in the same century. They control, I believe, Venice, at least a large por por portions of Italy okay. they controlled. Uh, he so yeah the Medici family. If you ever play Assassin's Creed two, I believe you can kill a few members of the Medici family. Because <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Pope. I googled Pope Leo the tenth, and one of the links was to the Assassin's Creed Wikipedia page. And I was like, I don't think this is a reliable source for a history podcast. <laughs> a video game Wikipedia? I don't know. Uh, so this is how influential uh, Jacob Fugger is with the Pope. Okay. So the influence was most highly wielded when during the Fifth Council of the Latern, which was, okay, so that lasted from 1512 to 1517. I'm throwing a lot at you. Don't worry. I'm going to explain. Okay. Basically, he fucks everything up. He fucks everything up. <laughs> uh, this was the 18th, oh, what's that word? <laughs> Ecumenical Council of the Catholic Church. Basically, when the church needs to come together and like, we need to figure out what the hell is happening in our, you know, organization. Yeah. They call one of these councils. Okay. The fifth is because of the location, but it's the 18th in total time. Hmm. Uh, my favorite thing to learn about in classes was one of these councils. It's the, either the most recent or the second most recent one in the sixties. It's just called Vatican two. It sounds like <laughs> a bad TV movie. <laughs> Vatican II, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, coming through. A and Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. Not even theaters. <laughs> it's direct to VCR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's one of these councils where the church is talking about, what the fuck are we doing? Mm -hmm. what, what are new rules? What do we need to do? Mm -hmm. So 
during this one, during this council, because it, it lasted five years, five years mm-hmm. this council was, I, I would not want to go to a council for five years. Okay. What are we doing? Uh, halfway through the third year, you'd be like, oh my God, we've been here for three years. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> So halfway through it, the Pope dies, and that's when Leo takes over in 15, oh, okay. 14, 15, 15. So he's fresh on the scene. Let's let's finish this up, and it's mm. still going to be three more years until yeah. they're done. Uh, he, like, so Fugger con- gets in contact with the Pope, uh, and on May 4th, 1515, so again, everyone's celebrating Star Wars Day, May 4th, okay. um, <laughs> the term ursery becomes a defined term in the catholic church in okay. catholic theology so ursary is interest on money on loaning money mm. it had been banned okay for hundreds of years uh it'd been banned uh by the church among um, church officials since at least 325 so like there's no interest no it, they can't even loan like there's oh, no point shit. to loan there's no point to loan out money because like you're not going to earn money, money back on that. it yeah. so they wouldn't charge money on it and there was no reason to loan out money for people Mm -hmm. uh so like i said this had been defined since at least 325 it's three digits not even four digits in the year 325 325 uh and had been discouraged as an act since dating back to the old testament so one man versus thousands of years of theology and ideas and religion yeah who's gonna win who do you think is going to win in this battle of a man versus Ursary? This fucking fucker. Fugger is definitely going to win here uh, <laughs> because Ursary becomes a defined term in the in Catholic theology, like I said, and is given explicit approval of charging a fee for services so long as no profit was made. So what had been a blanket across-the-board ban for mm-hmm. hundreds, 1,200 years, yeah. this guy— Fugger got in the ear of a pope and put a dent in the wall and opened it up to Ursary being interests on loans being charged by the church. <laughs> this man fundamentally changes the Catholic Church here <laughs> so much so that it spawns Luther. What? So, Ursary, the definition, was defined as, quote, for. That is the real meaning of ursary, and this is taken quote from the Latin shit, the straight text, so it's going to make no sense. <laughs> so, quote, for that is the real meaning of ursary when from its use, a thing which produces nothing is applied to the occurring or acquiring of gain and profit without any work, any expense, or any risk. You can make a little bit of money on loans, but just mm-hmm. enough that you're not making a profit. Okay. <laughs> so the money it costs you and reimbursement, you can make some money back. So this is the first chip in that Okay. to them loaning people with interest. Mm-hmm. It's trying and to bring it back. So indulgences and in part these loan things mm-hmm. serve as the immediate and a major cause for Martin Luther's 95 Theses. The shit that he nailed on the church door. Yeah. And starts the Protestant Reformation. Shit. Can be traced back to Fugger. Holy crap. Luther had visited Fugger okay. at his palatial residence in <laughs> Augsburg and dis- and regarded him as a quote oppressive force. 
What? This guy is one of the people who's personally responsible for the Protestant Reformation. <laughs> How have we not learned about this guy at all? Holy shit, dude. Like we I said, out. this and I'm not even getting into his owning of overseas territories because mm -hmm. he was one of the biggest guys in Cuba at the time. Yeah. He owned places in Africa, okay. North America, and South America. I can't even get into this because we've spent 40, it seems like 40 minutes on this guy. Yeah. It is absolutely bonkers. I do need to end Fugger. Fugger's coming to an end here. Oh, no. He dies on December 30th, 1525, leaving over 2 million guilders to his nephew. <laughs> just one person. Just to his one nephew. Oh, God. And if we remember last week, a gilder is like 195 bucks worth or something mm -hmm. like that. It's like a good amount. So that's where this tracing of how much he's worth comes into play. So yeah. $400 billion empire for a guy named Fucker. <laughs> Holy shit. Is like, oh, is his nephew even like going to be, what is he going to do with this money? That's that's my next question. Who? No. <laughs> Just imagine being <laughs> alive in 2021. Hi. Fucker. John Fugger. <laughs> nice to meet yeah, you, Fugger. Yeah. That's a Fugger industry right over there. I'll tell you what. Fugger's coming to town. Ah. <laughs> Their children were eviscerated in school. <laughs> yeah. They had to be. <laughs> so, yeah, he leaves over two million guilders to his nephew, uh, which is a shit ton of money. And uh, so getting back from Fugger, uh, as much as I love, I, this whole episode almost was about Fugger because I wanted to talk so much about Fugger, but I was like, we should probably stick to uh, what the fuck we're talking about. So, uh, <laughs> get getting, down with Fugger. Yeah, back from Fugger because... Uh, my rationale was like, oh, I'll just give a quick picture of Augsburg because, you know, you got to know where an artist is from to understand yeah. what the fuck their style is from. Like, if mm -hmm. you don't understand Spain, you're not going to understand Pablo Picasso mm -hmm. or whatever. So that's why I wanted to talk about it. And then I found a rich dude named Fugger and I was like, no fucking way. And then here we are. <laughs> that's the story of my life. So back to that stupid, lame ass painter Hans Holbein, not named Fugger. Terrible name. Uh, he was the king. So... We're hold on to your seat. We're flash forwarding twenty, you know, ten years from fifteen twenty-five back to the mid fifteen thirties. Holbein, his annual salary. I found his annual salary as being a, the king's painter. Yeah, thirty pounds. <laughs> so when we were talking about the the guy getting two million guilders, this yeah, guy got thirty pounds to paint for a year. What? And he wasn't even the most highly paid painter in the court. Like in the court. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like that sucks. Yeah, shit. geez. So in 1536 to 1537, uh, as he's in employment of the king, he paints probably his most famous work ever. He has a couple of really famous works. Uh, this is the portrait of Henry VIII. Okay. Uh, which was commissioned to decorate a chamber of that new palace we were talking about, the Palace of Whitehall, where he yep. has all his weddings and he got married in the closet and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, have those paintings because they're super famous. That's oh, not cool. his. So it's part of a bigger one, if you wanted to take a quick look at it. Yep. Um, oh, nice. It's very ornate. Uh, this, I feel like I've seen this one before. Th there's four people we'll post it. So on the left side is Henry uh, looking all stoic. Then it's his dad, Henry VII. Mm. And then on the left side is... 
Elizabeth, his mother, and then Jane Seymour because at the time she was alive when he was painting this. <laughs> and she looks ghostly white. She yeah. is really white. So I think she, ooh, she, she's okay. a little more pale. I need to add another shade of white yeah. here. That was like a thing back then, right? Yeah, kind of. And I feel like that's probably the, the maiden's glow yeah. or whatever. And then this is the more famous kind of version of it. Oh, knocking the mic. Sorry. I know this yeah, one. Yeah, this I've is the most famous one, one. This is of just Henry. The most fa The full painting was the four of them the the happy family all three of them dead and then the painting of just henry is the uh kind of more recognizable one mm -hmm. the more famous one he is looking real real tough guy yeah uh very 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 <laughs> tough with a i like his power like his sandals or yeah whatever. he has a power stance of the two feet out looking away doing the <laughs> superman thing and then he has a dagger in one hand <laughs> that's a dagger so that's him and he's all ornate he's got his nice hat He's very fat because uh, he is actually legit at this point <laughs> obese in real life. Uh, they decorated it. It's, this is very much an example of propaganda. Okay. This is propaganda from uh, Hans. Hans uh, the, I saw this quote here. The majestic presence is conveyed through Henry's aggressive posture, standing proudly erect, <laughs> directly facing the viewer, his legs are spread apart and arms held from his side in the pose of a warrior or a wrestler. So his feet are spread apart. He's erect and he's standing like a warrior. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he is ready to go. He yeah. is ready to fuck. <laughs> he is ready to fuck. Yeah, Come here, girl. <laughs> uh, it is, this is another quote I found. It is deliber It deliberately skews his figure to make him more imposing. Surviving sets of Henry's armor shows that his legs were much shorter in reality mm -hmm. than in the painting and shows Henry as young and full of health when in truth he was in his 40s and he had been badly injured earlier in the year in a jousting accident. <laughs> <laughs> he was also suffering from the health problems that would affect the later part of his life. He would be obese. Okay. So he is fat. <laughs> short and injured and he's like no 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 make me tall and heroic and erect <laughs> i'm a proud warrior it's just uh, lies just lies yes uh he also in he had a dagger like i said in one hand uh the full image the full fresco included henry along with jane seymour his, his previous wife mm -hmm. and like i said his parents henry and elizabeth uh it also included latin verses on it Praising Henry VIII for suppressing the Pope and restoring re religious freedom. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. He is 100% American blooded. <laughs> Put it on there how, they, how great I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the majority of the art piece was destroyed in that 1698 fire that took the palace. That fire sucked. Uh, but cartoons and reproductions of it survived, and it shows Henry's part, and it survives to this day. Mm. I think it's held in a British museum. Uh, it's a imposing. <laughs> it's an imposing uh, painting. Yeah. He's erect. He's uh, he's ready to come <laughs> at you. But we're not talking about that portrait. We're talking about this portrait of Anne that he painted. Uh, I also have that poem. That portrait this one survives it's definitely going to need to survive mm. so this is the portrait of anne oh nice she's very beautiful it's, it's a different kind of apparel than henry uh she's standing with her hands kind of held she's looking straight at you yeah. this is held at the louvre 
one of these copies is held at the Louvre, and the other is at a smaller museum in London. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Had nice. a calming feel to it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's not as intimidating as yeah. Henry was. Like, I've got a dagger. <laughs> Look at my feet. <laughs> Look at them. I got sandals. Uh, <laughs> so Hans, he made two different versions of this portrait of Anne. One in that full scale, which I just showed you. Yeah. And then one in a smaller miniature size on a thing of ivory mm -hmm. that one the ivory case one is at the v and a museum in london i don't know what the v or the a stands for but uh, it's not video and audio because they're showing an ivory case from the 1500s <laughs> and i feel like that would be kind of out of place at an audio and visual yeah. audio vi video and audio museum uh and is painted in the fashion of the courts of cleves so that her dress style that's her style uh which is very germanic and it's not it's very different than uh the french and italian styles that were popular in england courts at that time like mm. the the uh henry one you could see very flashy very formal you mm -hmm. could kind of see the gucci tag sticking out the top of his neck he just wanted to show everyone hey it's an italian designer yeah. <laughs> uh, uh none of that for Anne. she is like i am wearing my german basics yeah. i'm wearing my lederhosen and my clocks <laughs> uh Henry, this is this is Henry. Henry required Holbin to be as accurate as possible and not to flatter the sisters. Don't make her pretty, motherfucker. Paint what you actually see. Yeah. <laughs> no lying. So this might be the first historical example of catfishing or an attempt to yeah. stop catfishing. <laughs> I saw you with those angles and those filters. Stop that yeah. shit. <laughs> This is what he was trying to do. He was like, no filters. You got to paint her straight on. No top left angle yeah. where you can get the good look. None of that. <laughs> Not only her face to yeah. hide everything else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to see hands. I want to see wrists. <laughs> An English diplomat from this time, a Nicholas Watton, uh, reported that Hans Holbein hath taken the effigies of my lady Anne and the lady Amelia and hath expressed their image very lively so he made a good painting <laughs> that's a good, that's a painting that's a good yeah. painting right there whoa it looks just like her <laughs> whoa he's a good painter this guy he has a career shit in man yeah, yeah exactly he looked at him, he's like shit <laughs> fuck henry so they they made the paintings and he sent them back to uh, yeah. he fedexed them overnighted them amazon primed them back to mm -hmm. to england henry responded positively to these paintings admiring the beauty he saw in anne's portrait so like you had predicted he's liking these portraits yeah <laughs> uh, the two of them were approved from both the parties to mm -hmm. be wed uh this was approved on october 4th 1539 at the beginning of this year he didn't know this woman existed he saw a painting of her, and he's like, yeah, let's get married. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's courtship right there. Uh, and there is a treaty signed between the duchy, uh, William signing it, and Henry saying, hey, they're fiancés. <laughs> it's official, guys. You're getting married. <laughs> With the end of the year approaching, like I said, this is October time, uh, sea travel was dangerous to attempt. They had to okay. figure out a window to get in, pretty okay, much. Okay, yeah. So... Mary of Hungary, who was like a high up royal, I think she was sister of Charles. Mm -hmm. uh, Mary of Hungary, she had a lot of titles. Mm -hmm. So did Charles. I found a list 
of all the titles that Charles has. It's mm-hmm. it's seventy five titles. I'm gonna read all of them. No, I'm just kidding. Oh god. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. I, like, no. Took a no. There. <laughs> all seventy five titles. Here we go. No, no, no. <laughs> That's a relief. <laughs> no, no, yeah. So Mary of Hungary. She was also, I think, she was listed as Mary of Hungary, Mary of Naples, Mary of Austria. She had a bunch of titles herself. Mm-hmm. She appealed to the French for permission to for Anne to depart from uh, Calais, France, to England. So right across from, like the the closest point in the channel, right there. Okay, I gotcha. It, it's right across from. I I think that might be where the Channel Tunnel kind of pops out from. Mm. But yeah, so they were approved that, yeah, you can come in. We don't want you to die. Uh, We have something in the scheme. (laughs) We have something in the works to attack you. So Uh, she, Anne, she left home and her family. Her dad dies, but, you know, she has her her whole family for a position in a land and with a man she had never seen or met before. Okay. That is balls right yeah. there. She's like, I'm, I'm a strong, independent woman. I'm gonna take on this queen ship. <laughs> uh, she was just about 24 when she left for England, so she is just venturing out there at 24. Uh, she, when, I saw this when she got to Antwerp in like the Belgium area. She was greeted by the English merchants of the city, who gave her a torchlit procession. <laughs> Woo! The queen's here, yeah. and they're just running through the streets. Um, <laughs> I also found this, people make fun of Americans and our love of guns, but mm-hmm. this proves that it, we're not alone in this. When, as she entered the English territory at Calais, that place in France, guns were fired into salute in the air. So she came into town and everyone just started firing guns into the air. Yeah. That's an American celebration <laughs> oh, right yeah. there. Like, Fuck, get yeah. your shoot, six oh shooters. My God. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, because of these dangerous sea conditions, uh, and she she had to wait in Calais yeah. for a clear passage. She had okay. to wait for the seas to be kind of settled. She wasn't too bored, though, while she was in Calais or Calis, whatever the f- I don't know these fucking town names. Mm-hmm. I'm too busy researching guys named Fugger yeah. and how much he's worth <laughs> to pronounce a town in France. I'm sorry. Uh, she did a couple of things to pass the time. She met relatives of the king, mm-hmm. so like, I, I think a cousin or something as well as a few English diplomats who were sent to greet her. Edward Seymour and Sir Thomas Seymour, both of the late Queen's brothers. Mm. Hey, you guys cool that your your sister's dead? Okay, uh, I need you to go meet the woman I'm marrying to replace her. <laughs> She's down in France. Go check her out for me. <laughs> that was really weird. Is there no one else in England that he can send? I'm just going to send my last, I'm going to send my ex-wife's brother. I'm going to send my <laughs> ex-brother-in-laws to go meet with my new uh, fiance. She also learned to play some English card games and also to uh, learn to speak English. Like really? we said, she only learned like Germanic and Dutch languages okay. growing up. She didn't have any contact with English. So she was going to a land where she didn't speak the language at all oh to marry a man. God. She did so not she, speak at all. That's such like alienated to her whole. So she would be so alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she even asked about English table manners. <laughs> so do I just shovel everything into my mouth or do I wait? <laughs> What's the deal with that? She's just pointing at things. Uh, December 27th, 1539, mm-hmm. uh, a flotilla of roughly 50 ships made the channel crossing, mm-hmm. moving the queen, the soon-to-be queen uh, into England for the first time. So they went from Calais to Dover. Okay. Uh, they stopped at Dover Castle. This was thought to be her first time on the sea. 
This was her first time almost on a boat. <laughs> so Anne was reported to have become very seasick. Okay. Going across the ocean because this is her first time on fucking water pretty much. Mm. Uh, she was very quickly, though, she didn't get to spend much time in Dover. She moves then to Barham Downs. That's what it's called, Barham okay. Downs. So it's not Barham's up, Barham's down. Uh, before she was finally moved to the Bishop's Palace in Rochester, England, not Rochester, New York, or anything mm. like that. Uh, and that was on December 31st, 1539. So it's the end of the year. She's finally, she, and this is about 30 miles outside of London. Okay. So she's pretty close to her bride-to-be. Mm. It's New Year's Day, 1540, uh, with hearing that his bride is, whoa, she... She's on my con she's on my island, guys. Yeah. She's on, she's not on a <laughs> continent away from me. Whoa, she's so close. Uh, Henry decides to stop by the abbey where she was staying at that uh, uh, bishop's palace. Okay, it's the abbey uh, for a surprise visit. So this is kind of a courtly love tradition in England. And if we think back to last week, this guy is pretty uh, pretty uh, good at the courtly love shit. Yeah, uh, he was very smooth <laughs> with it or whatever the fuck they were talking about. Uh, it was a common courting trick for the groom to arrive incognito, and the lady who was supposed to recognize him was to pretend to be overcome by his charm. <laughs> that sounds so cheesy. It sounds so dumb. Oh, God. Uh, Henry had done this to his first wife, Catherine, uh, and I guess it didn't backfire in his face. So okay. Might, might as well give that to a go. Okay. So he's, he's coming up to the castle. He's, he's entering, and that's where we're going to leave off at this week. Uh, I know to give you guys a little cliffhanger, he's, he's coming to the castle. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're running a little bit over where I wanted it to be, uh, and I had spent so much time on Fugger that yeah. I was like, okay, if I make it any longer, no one's going to fucking listen. Yeah. <laughs> so next week, we are going to continue, I guess, on Anne uh, and this <laughs> Henry. Like I said, I didn't think it would be this long, but... Everything with him is insane. Everything yeah. is so dumb. Uh, like I said, next week we're going to be finishing up with him here. But in, in the meantime there, while I'm doing my research, all this time I'm spent doing my research, I think the best thing for you guys to do out there, you guys and you gals and you anyone else, the best thing to do is leave us a review. Oh, yeah. You leave us that five-star review. I think that would be awesome. You don't even need to say too much. I mean, you could tell... You, see, just say... I wish to be as rich as Fugger one day. Yeah. <laughs> Give us your opinions on Fugger. But I think that's a good place to leave off. Uh, oh, social media. we got to do social media. Oh, I can't, yeah. I can't be a piece of shit. more on top of that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be posting more of the things we talk about. Interact with us. Interact. We're going to... Maybe we'll just start tweeting at people and telling them to interact with oh, us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had that idea at work. But... Uh, yeah, back row lessons on all our social media, B-A-C-K-R-O-W-L-E-S-S-O-N-S, back row lessons on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah, I, I had to memorize. Spelled. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to spell anything too complicated because I wouldn't know how to spell it off the top of my head. <laughs> but Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, and DM us if you got any questions, yeah. things you like, don't like. We are open o ears. We're open to it if you have any if. If you're if you're a descendant of Fugger, give us a shout out. Oh fuck yeah! I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet this at the Fugger family, see what they say. Uh, but I, I give think, us a fucking holler. Yeah, give us a fucking holler out there. Give us a, a good old fucking Fugger family tradition. 
bring us in. <laughs> so I think on, on that note, I, it's a good place to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, my name is Paul. And I'm Nolan. And this has been Back Row Lessons. Woo! Woo! Thank <laughs> you.